You're outnumbered, you're outnumbered They're threatened by what makes us unique I see it everywhere You're outnumbered, you're outnumbered Now is the time for action I see it everywhere You're outnumbered, you're outnumbered We're too busy fighting each other I see it everywhere You're outnumbered, you're outnumbered Welcome, everybody. I know you haven't heard my voice, and you're usually used to seeing my face, and it's been about six months since I've recorded anything, so I'm back in business, I'm back in gear, and there's no better way to start a Who's This podcast, especially a first episode, than with somebody who is dynamic, somebody who is awesome, somebody who's won some fucking awards, so we got winners here right now, somebody who can compose, somebody who knows movies. This guy is crazy. His name is David Rosen, or is it Rawson? It's Rosen. You got it right. David Rosen, and he is a spectacular human being. David, how are you today? I am doing pretty damn great. How are you doing? I am wonderful. I am wonderful. I've been going, this is me and David, he's one of the people I call a never have I ever, because I've never talked to him before today, right? That's right. That's right. Absolutely. The never have I ever. So I've been going through his Google form and kind of stalking him online. And I'll tell you, this guy, David, man. Where have you been all my life? Uh, <laughs> I've been uh, busy in my studio just doing all kinds of crap. Okay, so what? So you're a music composer and you're like a full-time, you know, like this is your jam. What does a day look like for you? I imagine, is there like, is it kind of like the movies where you see like the music guy doing lines of coke everywhere and like, and, and all the pot? Or are you more of a well-put-together guy? Yeah, it's more Diet Coke for me uh, most of the time. Um, but but uh, yeah, my days are filled with, uh, my family actually has a record store called Wax Tracks Records. So it's music all day for me. Uh, I, I'm at the record store by day and then just locked in my studio working on music or more recently pro- uh, podcasts as well. Um, but yeah, just locked in my studio doing something. That's awesome. So you're 20, you're basically a 24-7 artist yeah you could say that oh man and so where does like when did you get started with music tell me how you go from you know shooting yourself baby to award-winning music composer how does that happen (laughs) um so i'll i'll try to do the long story as quick as possible but i started off um for whatever reason, I was inspired to try to make industrial music. Uh, I was, uh, in high school, I was listening to a lot of like Nine Inch Nails and Ministry and things like that. And I thought that I would make music like that. But what I made just sounded like shitty rap beats. And, <laughs> and so uh, I kind of embraced it and, and went towards the rap direction for a long time. I uh, produced a bunch of rappers as I started to get a little better with making the beats. And um, so I produce some rappers here in Las Vegas. I also have a long history of comedy rap that I do with some friends. Um, which what? Stop. We- time out. <laughs> nope. Time out. What I need you to do for me, we're going to do this, and I'm going to need you to spit some, some, some ill stuff, man. Oh, no. Spit some ill for me? <laughs> One thing you should know is that you'll never be better than a Jew with a pocket full of allergy medicine. Ah, yes! <laughs> Oh, I love it. I love it. All. I'm sorry. I had to pause you because you said comedy rap. Yeah. You are. Dude, that's fucking awesome. 
anyway, it's, continue. It's, continue. it's funny. It's funny because I usually avoid the whole comedy rap uh, part of my career, but I always get pulled into it one way or another. Um, I think that's just something I've done to myself. But uh, so anyway, uh, the comedy rap is a long thing. And I still do, but it's a very much push to the side thing. Um, and then as I was doing that and I was kind of starting to move away from just producing other artists, I moved on to films, which is something I've always loved film music. Um, I didn't really think that was something I was going to be able to do. But, you know, just slowly but surely, I started kind of trying to push myself in that direction. And then I did a couple of short films and then I did dozens of short films and now I do music for films. Um, and along the way, I also started making music that really was kind of in the same range as that industrial music I was kind of setting out to do in the first place. So I kind of come a little bit full circle with my uh, albums that I now put out. Okay. So how does one even get into film? Like, there's got to be, I feel like I'm missing something. There's got to be a step missing. How does it happen when, <laughs> when like, you just say, you know what, I'm going to walk into this film and say, I want to do your music. Or where, where'd you get your start? So I guess it, it starts off like everything is just making music in my little home studio and just, oh, this kind of sounds like it could be in a movie. Oh, this kind of sounds like it could be in a movie. This kind of sounds like it could be in a movie. And then finally, I just start reaching out to people who are making little short independent films and being like, hey, if you need someone, you know, I'd, I'd be interested in giving it okay. a try. And, yeah. And then, just, like and then just doing it, you know, um, and, you know, knock on wood, but most of it is worked out really well uh so far i've had a, a few projects that didn't quite work out but i mean of the like 40 or so short films that i've scored you know like almost all 40 have turned out really great um and then i just ended up working on some features along the way because i got uh recommended and stuff like that right on so when i think of when I think of fil scoring films, I think of, you know, like Walter Murphy and Jeff Richmond, who are TV scorers, but still. So are you making like like Titanic music or are you making, you know, music for Ted? What, what kind of industry are you really focused on? So my music is definitely more in line with um, like a Trent Reznor style, like that that kind of a thing. Like, like more, I, I tend to focus more on darker stuff. Uh, I do try to branch out and do more... Uh, a wider range of stuff. I, I do stuff that sometimes gets into the orchestral style. I uh, more classical film score style. Um, but for the most part, the majority of what I've worked on is either horror or mystery or creepy or, you know, th that kind of stuff, darker stuff. Um, and with my specific style, I do tend to blend more modern sounding stuff with traditional film score so I, i'm not going for a uh i'm not trying to be because I, I really do believe that like you should do what you do you know and don't try to like just like force yourself to you know to be whatever is popular or be whatever is you know the the main thing so i don't try to be uh, a totally classical composer i try to be what it is that i make and what i make is more of a blend it's more a hybrid of different styles more modern styles and regular film score styles I like it. I like the I like the idea of clashing worlds. So it's always good. Yes. When you think of um, when you really think of it when when it I guess when it all comes down to it, you know, music is super important in a movie. How do you do? You make the music. 
you send it to the guy. How do you know which track is perfect for what? Or is it just kind of like a guessing game and you're like, I hope this works? Yeah, it's a little bit of a guessing game, but it's also, uh, you know, it's a little bit of experience as well. Um, You know, after working on so many of them, I kind of get an idea of what's going to work where. Um, Usually what I do now, most of the films, it's all new music that I do. Sometimes I'll use existing tracks. um, And then also I license my music out. uh, So somebody, you know, isn't looking to like pay me to score a film or something, but they just need a couple of tracks. I might say, oh, I got like these few tracks that might fit and send them their way. Um, But if I'm actually scoring a film, usually I just sit down with it with a a notebook and I, I don't actually write music notes. I just write like an outline kind of. I'm like, okay, well, we need music from here to here we need music from there to there this part should be scary that part should be whatever you know and uh just kind of get an idea of what the film is going to need and then i just kind of just sit down at the keyboard as if i was making any of the other music that i make and just start playing along to it seeing what fits so what is a what is a raw movie like you know dog day afternoon has no music um but like What's another, what is it like to watch a raw movie with no music? And it's just, you know, that this part rests on you. Mm-hmm. So uh, well, especially since I work with a lot of horror, um, horror movies without music are kind of nothing a lot of the times, like without at least sound design or something. Um, because a lot of like what would be scares aren't exactly scary. It's usually that big, you know, that, that jump that jump yeah yeah, of of the music and um so yeah it's it's interesting watching them that way um but at the same time one of them i i find one of the most important parts of a film score is knowing when to use silence because silence can be so much more important than music sometimes um i you know i obviously am always trying to make the best music for any given scene that's going to really just help elevate that scene and help support that scene and sometimes that means just leaving that part silent because it's really just the best option how long does it take you to do that because that sounds like a a gruel like oh it sounds like it takes months sometimes how long does it usually take you yeah it, it really just depends project by project um funny thing with me is because i'm not a classically trained composer um a classically trained composer could take months and months on like a really short thing because they're writing everything to the, you know, music theory, 100%, everything perfect, you know, whatever. Whereas I might play six chords and like, oh, wow, that sounds perfect. Done. You know? <laughs> you know? Yeah. So it's like, it just really depends on a project by project. Some of them have taken quite a while though. Uh, but for the most part, once I get in, I just start trying to make something that's going to fit and if it fits it fits and it's done and and so i imagine that there's sometimes have you ever had a disagreement with a movie director or a um producer or creator to say like listen man i know this is the song for the movie and they're like "Ah, i kind of want to do something else have you ever had that issue a couple times. For the most part, I've been lucky and I've worked with like great directors who have been like totally open to my ideas um, and who just straight up loved what I did right away. Um, but there's been a couple times where it didn't quite work. And uh, I, I think like one time, really just one time was I ever really like let go from a film before. Um, the other time we ended up adjusting and got it right. 
Oh, I like that. I like the nice, the nice uh, teamwork, nice synergy we got going on. And yeah. then, so how does? Because I know you guys own a record store, which kudos, by the way, that's awesome. And if you were born after 1992, a record is this very big, <laughs> like thing. Um, or I guess if you were born after 92, you don't know what a CD is. Imagine an MP3 exactly. on a plate. Yeah. Well, if you're, if you're born now, uh, a record is the only way people buy music anymore. What? <laughs> well, it's all, they, all, they, all they do is stream now. Nobody buys music anymore unless they're buying like a vinyl record either for audio quality reasons or for hipster reasons. Decoration. Uh, oh, yeah. They're yeah. the plates your hipster parents with the thick glasses eat off of because yeah, they're right? so cool. Like that is, is, is essentially what it is. Yeah. Um, no, but seriously, so a record store making music, obviously there's a connection there. Is your whole family like super musical? Um, not, not really. My dad tells stories about how he used to sing doo-wop on the street corners um, when, when he was a kid. Cool. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, not really musical, but definitely around music. I mean, we moved here to Las Vegas uh, the year after I graduated high school. Uh, I grew up in Pennsylvania. I was born in New York. Um, but, uh, we moved here because my mom wanted to be able to go to shows like multiple times a week. Um, <laughs> and so I mean, they're, they're still, I mean, they're, uh, in their seventies and they're still out like three, four, they're out way more than me. Let's put it that way. Well, you're, you're an artist, you know, in the studio, relentlessly drinking monster. And, yeah. um, um, that's what I imagine. So I know you have a podcast called piecing it together. Yes. And it's a movie cast, right? So where, where is this coming from? How are, you, how are we combining these two worlds? Obviously, movies are life. But I mean, like, where did you decide, you know, and I'm also going to do this? So a f- few months before I started my podcast, I also am part of another podcast called Bird Road, which I do with my best friend. Um, and that, that one's more about, like, news and politics and comedy and stuff like that. Um, and... I was always trying to like pigeonhole movie conversations into the talk. And so I was like, I guess I might as well just start my own here uh, because I'm not, because I'm not busy enough and I need to uh, record a weekly podcast now. Um, so yeah, I was like, I guess it's time for me to make my own movie podcast. And I did uh, dabble in like uh, movie uh, criticism a while back. I used to write for the school paper at UNLV, uh, write movie reviews. And so you know, movies have always been like pretty much my favorite thing. Um, and so it's been a lot of fun. I, I just started piecing it together in March and so far so good. I mean, we, we got some good download numbers and getting a little bit of interaction starting now. And uh, it's, it's, it's been a lot of fun doing it so far. That's awesome. What is your favorite part about podcasting? My favorite part is just having a conversation with someone. Uh, you know, on, on my show, uh, I don't have a set co-host. I have like a revolving cast of co-hosts. So uh, every episode, I, I, I have like six or seven people who I go back and forth between. Um, and then I'm starting to introduce new people as well. Um, but this way, you know, it keeps it fresh. I'm just having a conversation with a different person each time about a different movie each time. Um, and also, but the main thing of our podcast, piecing it together, the reason why it's called that is we, we take like a puzzle approach to looking at a movie and we'll look at a new movie and try to figure out what other movies inspired it. And so the, all those other movies are the puzzle pieces that make up the movie we're talking about. And uh, so it leads to like 
it's not just how did you like this new movie. It's not just a straight movie review, which, I mean, there's seriously a million podcasts for that. Um, we wanted to do something a little different, something that would, you know, lead to a little more interesting conversation. Whoa. Okay. So let's play the game right now. Let's play the piecing it together game. Um, okay. So I, we have to play. I mean, this is probably one of the most intellectual things I've had this season on my first episode. <laughs> um, so let's do it. My favorite movie is Natural Born Killers. Have you ever seen it? Absolutely. Okay. So let's start with Natural Born Killers. How, how do we begin to decide what influenced it? Whew. Well, um, that, yeah, that's a tough one off the top of my head. Um, so because first of all, of course, we're talking about, we're going to have to look at movies from before natural born killers that we think inspired it. And that is a pretty damn original movie. Um, right. yeah, that is an interesting one. But what I will say is, um, literally just last night, we just posted our first special breaking it apart episode. Right. Um, which is something that we're going to start doing now, um, at least once a month, where instead of looking at a new movie and figuring out what movies inspired it, we're going to go backwards and look at an old movie and figure out what movies were inspired by it. Okay. And in, in using that formula, uh, movies that were inspired by natural, uh, natural born killers. Um, God, I mean, I, I, there's quite a few, I, I mean, there's a lot of, uh, trying to think what what best uh tarantino movie would probably be inspired by natural born killers um well i wasn't thinking a tarantino movie i was thinking more of like a rob zombie movie yeah i could see rob zombie movies as well uh, i was also going to say with trent reznor becoming a composer i would say trent reznor's scores um i would say are, are inspired by that kind of violence and that kind of uh i call it sexy gore kind of, like, Yes, that kind of sexy gore, absolutely. Um, gosh, that's that's a really good one. I, I actually think we might have to do that on the show. That would be a good. I'll be a part of that episode because it's. Funny. Yeah, that would be really cool. That's a good one. I like it. It's a great movie. If you've never seen uh, Natural Born Killers, obviously stop listening to this right now and please go watch it. It is one of my top five, and my top five changes quite often, but this one is definitely number one in my heart. <laughs> Um, that's a great movie it is a fantastic movie and i can watch it over and over again and so i can't wait to hear that episode man of you piecing it together or breaking tearing it apart or shutting it down or yes. flipping it up sideways whatever you want to do to it <laughs> but I, I i really do like i think you have a very interesting life um <laughs> and it probably you're probably like huh me no but dude you're like a music composer but you've won awards for it and and my question is like who gave you these awards and why don't I have one? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I, I submit, uh, I, the main thing I do with my, my music, with, with not the music that I do for films, but with the, the uh, albums that I make, I, I try to collaborate with different filmmakers on music videos for these films, I mean, for these uh, albums. And then that way I can submit those to film festivals and then go to film festivals and meet other filmmakers and okay. repeat the cycle, hopefully. Um, but along the way, also, hopefully get a couple of awards here and there. And that's where we've gotten some awards uh, at some of these film festivals that have screened my music videos and also some of the films that I scored as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, the list of film festivals is pretty damn long. I mean, our... Uh, one of my last videos um, 
Back into the Dark, which was directed by B. Landers, uh, a visual artist out in L.A. Um, that one got into 14 film festivals, I think. Uh, and and it won one award or two awards. I forget off the top of my head. But yeah, I mean, it's it's such a cool video. It's like a stop motion animation thing. You would actually really like it. It's like it's like super dark and cool and messed up. And, and uh, That's like gore. That's what yes, yeah. There's that. There's not gore per se, but it's dark and sexy. So, uh, but yeah, I, I'll send you a link after. But. Um, yeah, my new video that's coming out. So, well, actually, I've got two new videos. Uh, one that's coming out soon is called Artificial. And it's actually a concept that I wrote, like, the script for, which I don't normally write the ideas for these music videos. Usually it's, like, the filmmakers coming up with them. Um, but this one, it was an idea I had. And this director, Ben Yonker, like, totally brought it to life, like, perfectly. Um, and I think it's like one of the coolest things I've been a part of. And I'm going to be putting out in a few months. I just want to wait for uh, some more film festival like notifications. That way it'll still be like a premiere type thing if they get in. Um, but yeah, it's going to be really cool. It's coming soon. And then uh, the one that actually just came out like a week ago is actually a virtual reality music video it's called pa Palindrome 360. What is that? Do I have to have like an Xbox or a PS4 to see it? Like what? Can we just stop for a minute and appreciate <laughs> the future um, in a virtual reality music video? Now, when I think of that, please tell me it's like interactive. So it is, uh, you do put on the headset and it is in full 360 degree. Um, it's not interactive so much in that you, you know, can touch stuff and do things, but you can look around in full 360 degrees, like you're in the room that, you know, where stuff is happening. Um, this is actually the third one I've put out. Um, we were actually, it's, it's kind of funny, but the first one that I was a part of uh, was called An Unseen Sky. And it was actually the first virtual reality music video, which is like super crazy. Uh, Bjork came out with one the week after us, which is like so bizarre. Um, but then a couple years later, I did uh, Constellations 360, which was this like trippy, visual thing where you're, you're like in the middle of this field and you look up and you see all the constellations, but they start like morphing and moving and, and like moving around to the beat. So it's like super trippy and psychedelic. Um, and so drugs are you on? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The music is the drugs. Basically. Uh, oh, okay. so, yeah, like there you go. Um, but uh, the new one, it's called Palindrome 360. It's also pretty trippy. Um, this is actually with the same creator of Constellations, uh, New Line Videography. But uh, I just want to give them a little plug there. That's but cool. uh, this one, what it is, you know, a palindrome is like, you know, like a word or phrase. Race car. That, yeah, race car, exactly. The same forward and back. So what I did was I made a song where it goes forward and then at, when it hits the middle part, it goes backwards, just like, just like a palindrome. Um, although it doesn't go backwards, backwards. Like it's just the structure of the song is backwards. Otherwise it would sound all freaking weird and shit. Um, but so then what I did was I came up with this idea that you're in this room and you're sitting there just surrounded. It's like an old fashioned room, um, like, a, like candles and like a bookshelf and you're sitting on a couch and all of a sudden the gravity comes out and you start floating upwards and everything that was in the room is floating up around you and like spinning around like like a trippy disney type thing like a like you know like the, yeah like haunted castle or whatever you know everything's just floating and spinning around you but as you're going up towards the ceiling everything is moving 
in a direct, like in a path where it goes the opposite direction as it's going up towards the ceiling. And so it's almost like a palindrome, like, like movement. And when you, when it gets to the end, you're literally on the ceiling situated the same way you were on the, on the floor. And you can like look all the way back down to the, uh, to the floor. Nothing's there anymore on the bottom. Everything's up on the top of you. It's, it's super weird. You and thought tricky. of this? Yeah, yeah, I thought of this. How? How do you do things like this? I don't know. I don't know. But it came out super cool, and I'm, I'm so, so happy with it. And uh, we just started promoting it like a week ago. Um, this one site uh, for virtual reality enthusiasts called Veer TV, um, they made it their featured video of the day wow. uh, two days ago. And so it got like like a couple of thousand views like in a day, which is just super cool for me. I mean, my stuff doesn't get that many views normally. It's like it builds over time, but that was awesome. So we're off to a pretty good start with that. Dude, <laughs> you just blew my mind. Number one, because part of me, the, the um, part of me that's very logical has no fucking clue what you're talking about. Um, <laughs> but then the, the artist part of me is like, why am I not thinking like what what is your what is your eating habits? What do you do? <laughs> well, how can I be more like you? The aspartame is uh rotting my brain, I think That's, is what's dude, happening. It's <laughs> uh yeah. I don't know. I just try to come up with uh cool stuff to put my music to. I mean it all comes back to promoting the music. Um, you know, even like with the podcast, it's like a two-part thing. It's like one part is to justify all the time I spend at the movies not working on music because I go to the movies a lot. Like I don't actually don't watch movies at home very often. I, I almost exclusively watch movies in the theater. Um, and, uh, and then also I, I get to promote my music at the end of the show and maybe even get in touch with some filmmakers through the show, you know, so uh, to eventually work with. But um, so, yeah, it all comes back to promoting my music in the in the long run you know that's awesome um that is awesome everything is everything you're saying is just super inspiring by the way and uh, there's always a part of my show where i basically tell the guest why they're so amazing so i'm gonna take that time to do that with you <laughs> right now buddy um my friend you are an inspiration because it's hard to be an artist being an artist is very hard and hearing it from you really, really solidifies. And I'm sure there's another artist listening who knows their stuff is good, who understands that they are supposed to be in that industry. But you have solidified the fact that hard work and talent really do pay off. And for that, my friend, you deserve all the trippy music videos in the world. <laughs> Thank you very also, much. <laughs> when you get less busy, I would like to work with you on something. And I don't know what. Let's I feel do like it. we could collaborate on something. Let's do <laughs> it. There, there, there's always a need for more cool stuff. Like, right? That's what it comes down to. I'm sure we would make something awesome. And know? it might not make sense. It probably yeah. wouldn't make sense to us either. So when people say, you know, because there's things, there's movies that make no sense. Like, yeah. I think Donnie Darko makes zero sense. <laughs> that doesn't make yeah. it any less cool. I haven't seen Donnie Darko since I was uh, in college and um, a little out of my mind. So I definitely don't remember Donnie Darko it, too much. It makes no sense. And, and when you go back and watch it, it, it's cool. It's intriguing. It's dark, whatever. But still, it doesn't make sense. And, and I, I still love the movie, you know? <laughs> it's what it is. It, it is what it is. The butterfly effect. Stupid. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, so, butterfly effect's pretty bad, but it's it's ridiculous. I mean, it's <laughs> you know, I and it's not Ashton Kutcher. Poor Ashton gave his little you know perform, little dramatic performance of a lifetime, but I it just it's not it's not there. It's just not. Yeah. Also, he's Michael Kelso, so it's hard to see. So, <laughs> what are your like favorite? Like, well, give me your top maybe five or six favorite movies of all time. Of all time. So my favorite movie of all time, hands down, is Adaptation. Mm-hmm. Um, I love Charlie Kaufman. My, my top 10 movies of all time include uh, Adaptation, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, being John Malkovich, and Synecdoche, New York. So that's four Charlie Kaufman movies. Um, I just love him so much. I uh, I also love the Coen Brothers a lot. Uh, you know, we actually just did uh, the Big Lebowski was our first Breaking It Apart episode last night. I I love them. I love so many of their movies. Um, more recent favorites. Uh, my favorite movie of last year was Mother, um, okay. which I just think that is was phenomenal. Movie, right? Yes. Yeah. No. Yeah, uh, oh, so phenomenal. Um, as far as this year is concerned, my favorite movies so far have been uh, Isle of Dogs, um, First Reformed, Eighth Grade, uh, and I actually really loved Ant-Man and the Wasp. Ugh. <laughs> and I just can't bring myself to see it because Ant-Man is such a dumb superhero. Um, but, but Paul Rudd is the best person ever, so, you know. that Is he? Yes. I love dogs. I wanted to talk about that one. I'm glad you mentioned it because I have not seen it, but I did see the previews when I was watching something. I think I was watching Black Panther and I saw the previews of I Love Dogs or something like that. Um, what the hell is that movie about? Because <laughs> it just looks like Claymation Dogs. Is that the movie I'm, I'm thinking of? Am I yes, uh, absolutely. Yeah. The claymation dogs and it would just look like one giant path to crazy so yeah. like what what was it it's really weird um well have are you familiar with wes anderson's other movies yes yeah so it, it's it's very much a wes anderson movie 100 percent. um i'd actually say it's one of his funniest movies um so it, it's about a future um where japan has exiled all of its dogs because of a dog flu um, they, they've exiled all the dogs to Trash Island, which is a little island just filled with garbage off the coast. And uh, a, a little boy steals a plane and flies there to try to find his dog. And he befriends a bunch of dogs who help him. And the dogs all speak English for whatever reason. And he speaks Japanese, so they actually can't understand each other just like in real life you know a human and a dog wouldn't be able to but in this case it's because it's english and japanese it's not because it's dog and human um but they help him on his quest to find the dog and it's just ridiculous and weird and funny and very much wes anderson you might have just heard my dog uh, shaking off in the background <laughs> okay so i love dogs. i saw let's see this year I, i'm not a big movie goer i'm more of a please hit the on-demand as soon as possible. Like, mm. I'll pay the extra eight ninety nine to not have to be surrounded by human beings. Um, and so I've seen a couple movies this year. I think, I, I, I don't know if Ready Player One came out this year or last year, but I saw that, wasn't very impressed. But I did, I am going to go see The Spy, uh, the spy Who Dumped Me. Are you looking forward to that by any chance? I saw it the other day. Did you? I, I did not love it. 
Um, but I will tell you, the audience around me sure did. So you might like it, you know. Because <laughs> right, I'm a huge Kate McKinnon fan. She's like my yeah. spirit animal. I'm pretty sure. Oh, she she's great in it. Yeah, I mean, everything out of her mouth is ridiculous, and yeah. I mean, she's 100 percent her in it. You know. Yes. Yeah, Mila Kunis is kind of like see because I think because I think we can have this conversation. Mila Kunis is a good actor. She's pretty great. But, she can be very good when she's in a good movie. Like yeah, she just doesn't like make a lot of moms. great movies. She was great in Bad Moms. Right. She's great in Family Guy, but that's also, you know, because we all kind of love Family Guy so much that it doesn't really matter what they do at this point. Sure. Um, <laughs> yeah, but she is. She's very good. I really, I'm, I'm taking a very huge shine. Are you, do you watch like Netflix movies, Netflix originals? I, I more watch their series. Um, I've been let down by way too many Netflix movies uh, lately. Um, like my biggest two disappointments of the year so far have been the Cloverfield Paradox and Mute, which yeah. are, I, I'm a huge Cloverfield fan and I absolutely hated uh, that, that new one on Netflix. Um, and then Mute, I, I love the director, Duncan Jones, and I've been waiting a long time for that movie and it just, I just really didn't like it that much. Um, but no, there's so many good series on Netflix though. Uh, absolutely. Uh, but I don't, I don't really get to watch at home that much because usually if I'm at home, I'm on the computer working, you know? Um, so I usually, I try to go to the movies as much as possible. I actually go to the movies a lot. Uh, last year I went over 90 times to the theater. Uh, I used to be like that in high school. I was like that. Yeah. Um, it's my, it's my favorite thing. I mean, I can deal with the people. I just stay to myself, you know? (laughs) I just, I just, I think it's, I like to be able to pause and fast forward, especially if something's really funny. Um, but I'm too tempted to play on my phone when I'm watching movies at home. That's my no, biggest no. problem. No, yeah, I'm more I, tempted in the movie theater because they tell me not to. Yeah, see, I love it. I love it. I love just, I love where no one can get a hold of me. I can't get a hold of anyone, and I'm just going to lock into this story, you know? That, that's I, one of the reasons I like the theater. So you like more of the hyperbaric chamber way of watching movies versus the open flow of a nice yeah. room. I want to hold my pee as long as possible. <laughs> That's it. UTIs yeah. and movies going yes. hand in hand. Absolutely. <laughs> oh my God. That's hilarious. You know, speaking I, of, uh, speaking of on demand, uh, I might as well plug real quick. Please do. A feature film that I did yeah. some music for. Yeah. Uh, it's called bus party to hell and it is uh, starring Tara Reed and it's by these guys, the Mahal brothers and directed by Rolf Konevsky and uh it is a total ridiculous throwback to like just b movie just total gore and like nonstop blood and decapitations and disembowelments and boobs and all that kind of stuff it's like a totally ridiculous movie if you're into that kind of like throwback horror ridiculousness you should definitely check it out to be fair it is a terror movie yes watch with caution <laughs> yeah I, I, absolutely well spoiler alert she's really only in it for about like six minutes but she gets top billing because she's tara reed um and it's a it's a pretty small indie film but uh but it is available and on demand it's actually i believe going to be on netflix soon and it's also in Redbox. it's in like all the red box it's doing like really amazingly it's probably of oh. the movies that i've worked on um it's the movie that's gotten the biggest release um uh, played in a couple of theaters and now just the fact that it's getting on all these on demands and Redbox and I think Netflix coming soon. Um, it's pretty wild. And I did the main theme song and then also uh, they used two of my other tracks actually from my albums. We talked about sometimes I just use tracks and I'm not directly scoring. 
um yeah they used two of my tracks over like actually two of the biggest bloodiest awesomest scenes so that's pretty damn cool <laughs> dude i am like i don't know i'm not even your mom or like your old jewish grandma or anything but i'm very <laughs> proud of you booby i'm yeah, very, very much so you're cavelling a little bit yeah, just a little. <laughs> so, I mean, the love of movies, I think, is something that you have, and it, and it's something I, I clearly love. But I'm a more of a TV fan. Are you a TV fan at all? Yeah, I am. I don't watch. Uh, there's so many shows, you know. There, there's just too many shows to really get into them all. But I do watch a bunch of series. Yeah, um, I'm super excited to catch last night's Better Call Saul. Um, just came back. Um, I watch a lot of comedy, like not sitcoms, but like, like, uh, off, uh, what's it called? Uh, uh, Silicon Valley. I love, okay. yeah. Um, God, a lot of them just ended. Episodes just ended. I love that show. Um, oh, it's always sunny comes back later. Oh this my God. So excited okay. for that. You opened the uh, can of worms on that. Um, <laughs> So, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia is in my top 10 TV shows. And if you know me, you know that's like that's like the top 001% of TV uh-huh. shows. Um, <laughs> nice. And because I am back in my grind and back in my, my creator mode, we do have an Always Sunny podcast coming out called Two Wars. Oh, nice. And it will be premiering the week after the first episode of the 13th season of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. We had a couple test runs and we weren't really weren't really into the way it was formatted. And we said, you know, let's wait for the next season. That way the fan base is all hyped. And everybody should, can be happy. Uh, me me and my my buddy who we do the other podcast, Bird Road, uh, he's a huge It's Always Sunny fan. We we should both be guests on that. That would be uh, fun. We should both be guests on that. Uh, let's connect it up. Definitely, man. That's what podcasting is all about, people. This isn't about money. This is about meeting people who meet people who know people to eventually get you to the level of fame where you want to be. That's what we do this for. We That's do right. nothing but for vanity and to show you how smart we are. <laughs> it's okay. I have great opinions. <laughs> exactly. My opinion should be interpreted as facts. That's so right. I, do, I put myself on a podcast where strangers listen to me and they say, you know what? That girl, Ashley, she's something. <laughs> but seriously, dude, so let's get back to your music. Um, what are some of your art? Like, what is your musical? As someone who makes music, mm-hmm. who, who inspires you to make music? Good question. Uh, my two biggest are The Cure and Depeche Mode. Um, I am huge, huge fan of those two groups, especially The Cure. They're, they're my all-time favorite. Um, then right under that would probably be Nine Inch Nails. And then I love Michael Jackson. Uh, I love Michael Jackson. You can skip over Yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, come on. Uh, <laughs> More recently, I've been listening to a lot of singer-songwriters, which don't really creep too much into my music, but um, like I love Ryan Adams and I love Jason Isbell. Uh, th- those are like two of my favorite artists putting out music right now. Also, The War on Drugs. Um, so, Oh, and The Ravenettes, another one. that's They're actually really... Uh, I've never heard of half of these people, man. Like, that's cool. That's all right. <laughs> I'm not a... Uh... Who would be a favorite for you? Music-wise? Sure. Oh, shit, I don't know, man. I'm not, like, a big music person. 
Yeah. Yeah, it's not it's not like my jams. I like uh I like gangster rap. Okay. <laughs> like hardcore, like real thug like rap because it makes me feel like a gangster. Well, I, I would absolutely put Wu Tang Clan as uh oh, yeah, well, one they- of one of my most inspirational. The RZA, of course, it was a big part of me wanting to make beats, you know. I like that. Um I like I like some rap. I like country music a lot. I like okay. all kinds of music. I'm basically if it's on the radio and it's catchy, I'm gonna listen to it. But I'm not like a like a this album on this song on this side of this track kind of person. That's sure, just... sure. Well, check out Jason Isbell. He's basically country, um, but he, they call it alt country. I like Lil Dicky too. Okay, I don't know that. <laughs> he's like this white <laughs> little kid who raps and he's, he does. I like Weird Al. Oh, I love Weird Al. Weird Al's first concert I ever went to. Uh, he's, he's an absolute hero of mine for sure. I mean, especially with my comedy rap. I mean, you know, it's it's he's a big deal for me. Have you ever heard of Rucka Rucka? No, he's another comedy artist. He's very good. You should look him up. He's actually he's got some really really. If you have a darker humor, you'll like him. If you're very sensitive, you won't think he's funny. Oh, I'm not sensitive <laughs> at all. Hilarious. <laughs> like he has a whole song about um asians that's really good he has one about vegans that's really good okay um what about 17 year old girls which is borderline illegal but hilarious sure sure and stephen lynch he's another one of the comedy oh movies. yeah absolutely stephen lynch that special olympic song is probably uh, <laughs> the top 10 of my favorite song anyway guys uh i have gross humor and i apologize to anybody listening who does not think any of that's funny that's your problem not mine Dude, you're gonna have, you're gonna have to listen to some of my comedy rap. I'll send you some links. Yeah, I, think, sure I think because I don't edit. I literally record and upload. I don't. Yeah. edit. I, I don't see a point. Um, that's fine. Own your words, dude. <laughs> you know what I mean. Definitely. Like, um, no, but seriously, definitely send me that stuff, and I want to put it all because you sent me all your all your links to your Facebook and your Instagram. But make sure you send me links to these these important things. Like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like absolutely. Because that's what I really, when it comes down to, that's what I want people to see. Because I can only imagine if your, if your execution is half as good as your knowledge, then I know mm-hmm. for a fact that I, I am secure in going to the movies for the next ten or twelve years, especially as your career grows. So I'm really looking forward to that. Beautiful. Number two, I'm also looking forward to being able to say, "Oh, scored by David Rosen." You mean yes? That? Okay. Yeah, I can't <laughs> wait to do that. Awesome. Um, and also, dude, just continue to be an inspiration to the younger generation of artists as such as myself who are terrified of moving forward because they're afraid that everyone's gonna hate their work yeah that that's yeah that that's seriously like just do like just make music just make movies make whatever it is you're making you know it's like you make why not, why not? Just make stuff you know yeah, just make some. I mean, in, in my mind, I think it's like, what's the worst that can happen? Yeah. You know, somebody can hate it. And, and then nine times out of ten, the person who hates it is more likely to share it than the person who likes it. Um, well, you know, one of, one of my favorite reviews my comedy rap ever got, and let, let me preface this by saying that what we put out is actually like, I, I, I'm trying to say this as objectively as possible, but it's pretty damn great. You know? I believe it. I believe um, it. And, uh, but one of my favorite reviews we ever got, and I actually ended up becoming good friends with the critic after this. Um, but he said it was about as funny as your grandpa telling you to pull his finger. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I ended up using that in all of our like like our press releases and stuff. I, I was like, this is exactly what I want to put out there for this music because it's so ridiculous. And I think uh, if you're into like just totally ridiculousness, I mean, that should sell it to you. I mean, I would want to listen to that. <laughs> Dude, are you in the Terra Firma Artist Union? No, I don't know what that is. Okay, I figured you weren't, um, but just in case. It is a Facebook group for people like yourself who are extremely talented. That I, A community that I happen to be a part of with some of my favorite artists and shit um, where you showcase all your stuff. So I think if you're looking for another outlet, it's not that gr- large. It's actually pretty great. But there's people who can help you. There's people who you can collaborate with. All cool. that stuff in the Terra Firma Artist Union. Shout out to Drew Carson and Dave Maresca for creating that also. Um, Awesome. Boom. Yeah. So that's another place. I, if you're interested, let me know after the show and I'll definitely get you in there. We're pretty cool people. Um, we're musical and, you know, artists. And so we're all tortured on the inside. <laughs> and, dude, it, like I said, it's been an absolute pleasure. Um, and where can everyone find you? So for my real music, meaning my uh, albums of instrumental music and the films that I score, you can check out bydavidrosen.com. I'm also on social media at by David Rosen. Um, you can also find my albums on iTunes and Bandcamp and all, all the different music sites out there. My most recent album is called A Different Kind of Dream. Uh, so look for that one or look for any of my albums. It's by David Rosen. And uh, also YouTube. Uh, you can check out Music by David Rosen, which is my channel. And that's where all my music videos are. And then as far as the podcast is concerned, uh, Piecing It Together podcast is available everywhere podcasts are, uh, or you can check out our website, piecingpod.com, and it's at piecingpod on all the social media sites. Ooh, definitely going to put that in the description because he has a lot going on. He's a busy man with a busy plan, (laughs) and he is really, dude, you are taking the fucking world by storm, and I'm so glad we got to know who's this. Because this guy is, like, he's the Wu-Tang Clan, man. You know what I mean? You're nothing to yes. fuck with. So, um, David, you have been a spectacular guest, and you've really set the bar high. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> like, you have set the bar high for guests this season, and guys, I feel bad for you. Remember, I delete every season because I am irresponsible and <laughs> don't know how to keep <laughs> files. So, as far as most of you know, this is season one, but it's actually season three. And, of course, this is the revamped version of Who's This?, Lot more, lot more, um, lot more raunch than you're used to. No FCC regulations, none of that. I am always, always, always available on social media. You can find me on Facebook. Who's this network? Um, who's this with a question mark at the end? You can find me on Instagram. Instagram. Who's this underscore network? Or if you just want to be my friend, you can be Ashley Sanders' friend. It's going to take about two weeks to get your profile approved because I don't trust you. So just send me a message. Also, 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 you may be able to connect with me on LinkedIn. And as always, guys, I make sure that you are included in this episode. So you make sure you tell me what you think, how you feel. Send an email out. The email is going to be at the bottom. And if you really don't like David, you just tell me and I'll make sure he never appears on the show again. Sound good? Oh, you guys, you guys, why don't you like me? Yeah, it's the, it's the music. What's going on? What's going on here, you guys? It's a bit pretentious, you know. Comparing yeah. yourself to the Walter Murphys and the Jeff Rich. I'm just kidding, man. I know. I, I I'm just like Trent Reznor. Ugh. <laughs> Ugh. Ugh. Do you, Do you eat? Is it hard to eat up on that high horse? How do you get your food, buddy? 
<laughs> I, get, I get plenty of food. I need less food. <laughs> awesome. All right, man. It has been a pleasure recording with you. And I look forward to talking with you more in the future. Thank you so much for having me. Of course, man. All right, guys. As you know, as always, I give a shit about what you think, like I said. So make sure you tell me how you feel. This has been the first episode of the season three revamp of Who's This? I will be posting this literally within minutes because I don't edit. So let me know what you think. Shout me out. Say something. If you want to be on the show, make sure you get in touch with me. Remember, that's Instagram at Who's This underscore network or on Facebook, Who's This question mark network. And we will, you know, convene and we'll figure out if you're a good fit. If not, if not, whatever, just keep listening. You guys stay classy, I'll stay trashy, and together we will take over the world. You're outnumbered. You're outnumbered.